is going on, Kansas City? This is Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I know it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks since we've talked. What, two weeks ago? Actually, it's been three weeks ago. Good gosh, it's already February 5th. The February 5th show. It is Super Bowl week next week. Hell in 10 days. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report. That ain't happening. We'll discuss more of that later on. But this is Cyrus with Kramer. I am Kramer at Kramer Talks on Twitter. You can chime in on the show on Twitter that way. Or if there's any other way that you can get a hold of me, just get a hold of me. Text me, tweet me, Snapchat me. I don't use Facebook, so don't even try to Facebook me. Yeah, no, this is a good show. Uh, we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Royals, a lot of baseball, and also your questions towards the end of the show. And for some reason this morning, it was hard waking up. But that's also because of me staying up until like almost 2 o'clock in the morning, trying to stay awake, stay awake for some uh, for some skiing. Yeah, the Olympics is on. That means I'm staying up late, especially when it's over in uh, China. Like the time zone difference is weird and funky. So at like 12 o'clock our time, it's almost, it's like middle part of the day over there. So it's... It's. I'm going to stay up and watch it. Heck, my cat loves Moon. He loves watching curling for no apparent reason, which is kind of funny. If you look at the video of him watching watching curling on, uh, like, pretty much him just sitting on the bed, watching it, looking directly, like, glued his eyes to the TV. Go to my Twitter, at Kramer Talks. You, you'll see the video there. But I've been staying up late to watch the, the Olympics for the past three days because they've had curling on. They've had uh, hockey on as well. And... I'm enjoying it. I, I love the Winter Olympics. I, I think the Winter Olympics is a, is 100% better than the Summer Olympics, but that's just me. Maybe it's because it's the, the cold, and I mean, I don't like being cold, per se, but I do watch. I do enjoy watching cold weather sports when I'm at home and just chilling up in my blankets because it just makes me feel warm and knowing that, but I just cannot wait for these Olympics to keep on rolling and going. The biathlon, I'm not sure when it's supposed to be happening, but I cannot wait for that. It's probably my favorite Olympic sport ever. You know where the biathlon is? It's where you ski for five to ten miles and you're also going to have five different spots of uh of shooting so you got to control your breathing make sure you don't miss those targets absolutely love the biathlon but the olympics i will talk a little more later on let's get into our first topic of the day and that is is it time is it time for the kansas city chiefs to press that you know what i will have with this let's let's back this up a little bit you ever been to Staples or those uh, those easy buttons, those big, big, big easy buttons where you click on it and it says easy or whatever it is? But instead of for the Kansas City Chiefs, it says panic. Is it time to press that panic button for the Kansas City Chiefs? Because I, I, my short answer for this is absolutely. Yes, you, you, you should. Because how are you going to... No, let's, let's, let's go with this. What are you going to do the f- upcoming season knowing that you lost the AFC Championship game when you were up 21-3 to going into halftime? You were controlling the entire game until halftime. Well, actually, until like maybe five seconds before to get into halftime. Mahomes wanted to say, hey, let me give me another, give me another play, give me another play, give me another play, right before half. He throws it out to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill gets tackled. He, did, he was, came up a yard short of getting a touchdown, which is a, a good gamble, especially in the AFC Championship game, but you should take the points. If you're already up 21-3, to three, you can make it 24-3, to three, as the Chiefs ended up only having 24 points. Heck, if they would have kicked the, the field goal, the game would have been Chiefs' victory because it would have been 27-24 Kansas City because going before getting into the halftime, per se, the Bengals had a tie at 24-24. So the Chiefs could have won the game if they would have kicked the field goal at overtime, before not overtime, before halftime. It's possible. But here's the thing. The Kansas City Chiefs 
Lost that 21-3. They got they go into overtime at 24-24. They, they win the coin toss. We've already seen the week prior that the Chiefs can go down to 13 seconds and tie the game up, then win that coin toss, march down the field and score a touchdown and beat the Buffalo Bills. Hell, the Buffalo Bills should have played the Cincinnati Bengals last week. But didn't. The Chiefs go to overtime. They win the coin toss. They don't. They, they could not get it done after the coin toss. And people want to complain and talk about how the Bills are going to try to bring up the, the overtime rule. It didn't go on their side because Josh Allen, instead of picking heads, he picked tails. And then when the Bengals picked heads, it was tails for the overtime uh, coin flip. The thing with the Bills is they're complaining that the Chiefs they should. You should have at least. At least the Chiefs go down, march on the field, and they score a touchdown. The Bills should have at least that second chance for the second team to get to lose the coin toss. Okay, but let's 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 rewind back to 2019. That AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and Patriots. The exact same thing happened to the Chiefs. We we all we all know this. We all know this. Tom Brady won the coin toss. They march on the field. They they win the game. They go to the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs had that chance. They had that coin toss. They won that coin toss. They did not get it done, and that's what concerns me is because of how that offense played in the second half, which we saw this is the exact same offense that we saw when the Chiefs were 3-4 and four or 4-3 four and three or whatever that record was that early on in the season. This is the exact same Chiefs team that showed up to the Super Bowl. Not Super Bowl, excuse me, the AFC Championship game. They, they, oh, they were all hot. They were all spiffy. Then the second half happened. I've been harping on this. They might have been the sixth best offensive performance team in the second half if that but that's but that doesn't include points the Chiefs don't score at points in the second half they just don't they score most the majority of their points in the first half they might have these flashy yards and numbers that way receiving rushing which they really didn't do that much this year they might have all those those yards and numbers that way but I don't give a rats you know what about those yards, I only care about what the score is. And the Chiefs cannot put it up on the board. They just can't. So the, the Chiefs, they're, they're, it's a big question mark coming into this offseason. Hell, the, the majority of the AFC West have already tr- tried to do a lot of things. Well, I mean, the Raiders are the only team that's done something, which with his hire uh, Ziggler as their general manager and Josh McDaniels as their head coach, which absolutely... As a Raiders fan, I absolutely I, I hated it at first, but now thinking about it, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Just thinking of all the plays that Darren Waller's going to get drawn up to, or even Hunter Renfro, because if they're going to try to do it, establish a connection like Gronk, or even a Julian Edelman, or Wes Welker, if even if Josh McDaniels was even there when Wes Welker was there, or even just this Julian Edelman, far say, even Danny Amendola when he was there, he drew up plays for them. Josh McDaniels knows how to warrant an offense. Granted, he sucked as a head coach when he was in Denver from like what 2010, 2011. Then again, he didn't really have the best team. Hell, didn't he have um, a Tim Tebow for one season? That's 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 ridiculous. He's a he's a tied he's a he's a left fielder in the Major League Baseball era. If that, no, I I like what the Raiders are doing. The thing is, national media is already back falling in love with the Chargers. Hell, I'm I'm listening to this station earlier on, and whoever was on before me is talking about how good Brandon Staley is and how the Chargers are in the best situation possible. Hell, just give them the AFC Championship for this upcoming season or the the AFC West title. People have fallen back in love with the Chargers, even though they finished third in the division. I, 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 I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. And heck, the, the Broncos right now are still rumored either getting Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. They're getting a quarterback this year, this offseason. I'll also let you all, spoiler alert, they're getting a quarterback, whether if it's through the draft or trading for one. 
the Broncos are getting a quarterback. Goodbye, Drew Locke. Goodbye, Teddy Bridgewater. That's just them. There's so many things that's going to be possibly going wrong with Kansas City Chiefs here soon. That's if, 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 which he should be getting the head coaching job, if Eric Bieniemy gets the job for the New Orleans Saints. The offensive coordinator for the Chiefs might be going there. Heck, the quarterback's coach I've already has been got a job out in the Giants being their offensive coordinator. Congratulations to Mike Kafka for that. He's He's gone. EB could be gone. And I don't know if this is a good situation for the Chiefs to have. Could possibly be bringing in a guy such as the likes of Pep Hamilton, former Michigan guy. Heck, he even was the, the head coach for the the Washington, uh, what the XFL team called? The Washington team over in the XFL. He was their head coach there. So he was uh, coincided with Cardell Jones for that seven-game season, which I can't wait for the XFL to come back. Heck, USFL is coming here in about, what, 40 days? Is it a good chance for the Chiefs to bring back in Matt Nagy? Granted, he was the head coach for the Bears. He was a, he was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs prior before that. Can they bring him back? It start. I from the Chiefs. I want to go with something different, especially the offensive coordinator. Maybe jumpstart something. It's kind of like with the defensive coordinator spot when they hired Steve Spagnuolo. Which I ain't gonna lie. I think he should be uh, talked to about uh, his position. That's just me. The Chiefs need to figure something out on offense because the defense the, the defensive departures that are looming that are possible as followed. Tyron Matthew, your safety. You're probably gone. Frank Clark, your edge. You're getting paid way too much for no production. You're gone. Jaron Reed only was on here for a one year deal. He's gone. He's even tweeted out saying it was a pleasure. So therefore, I don't see him coming back. I think you should get rid of Anthony Hitchens, and I think you should move on from Daniel Swordson. The only thing with Anthony Hitchens is you got to get Nick Bolton playing 100% of the snaps. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, future of this uh, this linebacker score for the for the Chiefs, and I absolutely I, I love the two guys. Like they, they are, they fit as the, the mold, especially Nick Bolton. I'm a big Nick Bolton guy, if you couldn't tell. But if those departures are leaving, then you got to address needs. You got to address needs in the draft. I think it's the best way possible for the Chiefs to have that homegrown talent and. That is whether if you're getting a safety edge or wide receiver. Those are my top three needs they think the Chiefs need. Especially the safety. Tyron Matthew walks or leaves and gets signed somewhere else. You've got to draft a safety in the first round. You have to. You need to establish that presence through the air. And you can't just get it done by trading for a former first round draft pick, insert name here that the Chiefs have done with DeAndre Baker, Mike Hughes, Hell, they even signed Damian Arnett, and he was a stupid idiot, and he got charged with being an idiot, and he's gone. The Chiefs need help, whether it's cornerbacks, because, I mean, granted, I'm going to say this right now, Rashad Fenton, I don't know if you like him or not, I don't. He might have had a good few weeks in the NFL that got his um, PFF rank to, like, maybe, what, the top 10 or something like that. That's a fluke. He got burnt in the playoffs, Constantly. Mike Hughes got burnt in the playoffs constantly. Let's go back to Rashad Fitton. He had stupid penalties. Always. Always. Oh, the Chiefs, you need, if you see that big red button on your desk, it says panic, the Chiefs need to hit that button right now. I love what Andy Reid's done to this team. Granted, I, I, I may not be the, the, the biggest supporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, but I still support them. I still... Enjoy watching them play football because we've never seen something like this before. 
is it this is so much different than the greatest show on turf of what they've done with this offense. It's re, it's it's remarkable to watch because Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill are so much in sync. And when one of those guys is off, whether if it is a Mahomes, whether if it is a Hill, whether if it is a Kelsey, the entire game shuts down for the Chiefs side of offense. It's 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 remarkable to watch. They could be so much firing on all cylinders, like for eight straight weeks, ten straight weeks, and then boom, something doesn't look right. And that is what exactly happened in halftime, before halftime of the AFC championship game. Everything was firing all cylinders. Everything was going good. Everybody's dancing. They were laughing. They were enjoying things on the sideline. Then, boom. They hit a brick wall. They could only get three points in that second half. And they lose the game 27-24 to in overtime. And they won the coin toss, may I add you. They won that overtime coin toss. Chiefs need to panic. I got a great question from my buddy Jairus. Um, I'll just answer it right now. This could, if I can pull it up. My buddy Jairus says, does Mahomes' legacy take a hit for being 2-2 two and two in four straight AFC championships and only one Super Bowl and blowing an 18-point lead at home? I wouldn't say it takes a big dip, but it does raise some concern. I don't know if you can raise con- some concern for the 2-2, two and two, the four straight, or the one Super Bowl. The biggest concern for me on that is the 18-point lead at home that he completely lost. Patrick Mahomes has lost more games at home than he has on the road in his entire career. That's a proven fact. I don't understand it. Because you usually should win every single game at home. That's that's the, the typical thing. But, I mean, granted the numbers this year, the past two to three years, we've seen the road team sway to having a better positive record on the road than it is for the players at home, for teams at home. It's weird. But that 18-point blowout lead, for blowing an 18-point lead, that is ridiculous. And that will take the hit rather than that 2-2, two and two, four straight AFC championships, and one Super Bowl. Because the thing is, you need a full, well-rounded team in order to go to the Super Bowl. Granted, there's those teams that squeak by that have the that a 15th ranked, a 20th ranked, 22, 23, 24 ranked defense, but you need three sides of the ball to at least be in the top 10. If you get all three, great. If you need, if you can, if you can get two, you're you're good. And that is special teams, offense, and defense. You can get a, t- a defense, a 20th ranked defense to the Super Bowl. It's whether how good that offense is going to be. You better rely on that offense. That's what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs relied on that offense especially in the Super Bowl against the 49ers two years ago. They relied on that offense, and it succeeded. Granted, it was a slow start for them, but it ended up prevailing. That offense sucked last year for the Chiefs in, that, in the Super Bowl. It, it did. It's because that offensive line was not good. The offensive line was bolstered. Mahomes had all the weapons. He had all the protection he needed. He could not get the job done. And it was because of that 18-point lead that he lost at home. Mahomes is going to go to the Super Bowl. That's hands down what's going to happen. They're going to, he's going to go to more than one. He might win one more in his entire career. But here's the thing. If I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I'm okay with that. Because he at least brought us one Super Bowl to Kansas City. He did. It's been, what, Super Bowl three? Oh, what Super Bowl was the last one? The, the, the first one the Chiefs won? 
It's been some time. I, w- I wasn't even thought of. My mom wasn't even thought of. It's been some time. But you can't really p- take a hit on Mahomes' legacy for this. Mahomes is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is. Hands down. Like, there's, there's no other guy in the, in the NFL that's been like him. There's no other guy in the NFL that we've seen put the numbers that he's done. Granted, he's had help along the way, but doesn't every single... NFL player have some sort of help with them? I don't know. I, I, I digress. But that the Chiefs, you need to hit that panic button. You need to hit that. You need to. It's kind of like what they did last year. Hit that panic button on that offensive line. They get rid of that offensive line. I think it's a defensive turn this time. I do. This is Sarah's with Crane right here on the Bet 1660. Let's train some. Uh, let's go to different sports. Disposition group or player is holding the Royals back. I'll discuss next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. We're back at it live and local on a Saturday right here in Kansas City. I mean, heck, I haven't done one of these before. I mean, I have done one of these before. It's 25 degrees outside. It's a little chilly. If you do go out, make sure you heat that car up if you're already out in the car. If you're driving by, uh, by the station, give it a honk. I'll see if I can hear you. Probably not. I mean, I'm in a soundproof room, radio booth. But if uh, if I were to ask you the question, do you think the MLB will start on time? I give you the answer of yes, playing all 162, or no, not a chance. 81% of you say there's not a chance of this is actually happening. It's, I mean, it's not going to be a one full 162. And I agree with you. I agree with you because I don't think this is going to start at all. 162 is not going to happen this year. I, they, if the ammo, oh, okay. Let's back this thing up. Back, back, back it up. All right. So earlier this week, the MLB and the MLBPA met with each other. You know, do a collective bargaining agreement. They have to negotiate between things to have a successful collecting bargaining agreement. Because, I mean, people want one thing, people want the other. It's all about the money at, at, at the end of the day. But, but, here's what happened. The MLB, say, they, okay, we'll just go. The MLB sends the MLBPA an offer. The MLBPA takes about a few days to discuss it over and look at it. And then they're like, no, we don't like that. But here's a few things we do like, and here's a few things we want to add to it, and here's the things we want to change. We'll send that back to you, MLB. All right, that's that's one successful exchange between the two. Once the MLB gets that, they're like, you know what? Let's get a mediator in here. Let's just speed this up. Let's get a mediator in here. A, a federal mediator in here. What? This is a this is a negotiation between two people. Why are we bringing a third party in here? What what why is the MLB owners Wanting a third party in here. So they send the thing back saying, no, sorry, we're going to bring in uh, a federal mediator here to help get this deal done. The MLBPA has the option to accept or decline, and you know what they did? They said, no. We're, no, there's no reason to decline. There, no, there, there is a reason to decline this. It, this is, it's, just, it's just nuts. It's ludicrous what's happening. The MLB, if you, if you want to successfully exchange talks between people, you got to play by your own rules that you set. You have to. 
Because here's like players right here. Nikki Lopez of, of the Kansas City Royals. We, the players, is on Twitter. We, the players, have been more than fair during the whole process. It's time we get back to bargaining and come up with a conclusion on the bargaining agreement. This is Zach Britton, a pitcher of Major League Baseball for the Yankees. When attempting to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement, bargaining is required. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Hey, this is Max Scherzer yesterday as well, because I, I loved watching Twitter about this because baseball players were furious about this. And it, it's I, I agree with them. I side with the players on this one. This is Max Scherzer on back-to-back tweets. We don't need mediation because what we're offering to MLB is fair for both sides. We want a system where threshold and penalties do function as caps allows younger players to realize more of their market value, make service time manipulation a thing of the past, and eliminate tanking as a winning strategy. Those are two tweets by Max Scherzer, the, the best pitcher in MLB for the past 10 years. This is what, my, what Rob said, Rob Manfred if I can pull it up here without exiting out of wide orbit. This is what Rob Manfred said on the 3rd of December. Let's take a listen. What about the union's proposals was bad for the sport, bad for fans, and bad for competitive balance? Let's take five-year free agency. I think that we already have um, teams in smaller markets that struggle to compete. Um, Shortening the period of time that they control players makes it even harder for them to compete. It's also bad for fans in those markets. The most negative reaction we have is when a player leaves via free agency. We don't see that making it earlier, available earlier. We don't see that as a positive. Uh, Taking $100 million away from teams that are already struggling to put a competitive product on the field, I I don't see how that's helpful. Is that you're not taking away $100 million from a, a team. They're, they're pretty much getting that back within the, that, that season. They're getting all their money back and then, then some. The, they're, they're getting a, a substantial amount of money throughout the regular season, the owners are. The thing I have a problem with is the, the service time thing. And of him, of the players wanting um, uh, to eliminate some stuff so they can, the players can get their value of what they need of their playing um, career. Because the thing is, Major League Baseball... It's probably one of these sports that is the hardest. Once you get up into the majors, it is to stay in the majors. It is the hardest sport to stay up in that threshold because of how many of you have triple A, double A, single A, high A, low A, Pecos League. You have all of these leagues for these players trying to move up to get to that one spot. It is the hardest to get there. And the thing is with baseball players, your time span in the major leagues is probably two to four years. And in that two to four year span time, like think about this. I say I get drafted. Say I get drafted and I was 22 years old right out of college. Okay, sweet. I signed a deal with say let's just say it's the Kansas City Royals. I get sent to low A. It takes me five to ten years, if that. Let's say five years. It takes me five years to make it to the majors. Okay, I made the majors. But my production value didn't really well set well, and I kept on signing these ninety thousand a year, ninety thousand a year, ninety thousand a year, ninety thousand a year, ninety thousand a year contract. Like say if it was like a, a one one year deals, I got ninety thousand each year. Okay, sweet. I made the majors, so I get my my bump up. But once my contract's up fully, how am I going to 
why why am I going to have to spend three to four to five more years in said team if I cannot get the most money out possible if I'm still getting that $90,000 contract when I should be making the millions? Like, why are you putting a a damper on how much money I should make even though I'm going to be staying in this organization for four or five more years because of arbitration, because of the, the team control on said player, like why why is how is that fair? How how is that fair? Where I can't make all the money I can and in that ten year span that I say I'm with that team, that owner has made ten times the amount I've made in that ten year span of me just trying to play for that person and get to the majors and hopefully win a World Series and hopefully drive traffic, hopefully drive eyes, ears, numbers, butts and seats out there, and they're buying my jersey as well. Why, why is it that they can't get their money that way? The owners are getting so much money in this collective bargaining agreement. like they, That's not even happening yet because they need to go on both sides. This is why you do not need a mediator. This is why you need to have one side of the MLBPA, the other side of the MLB owners, talk collectively, bargain, talk to each other, negotiate, get things done. You do not need a third party. That bringing a third party for me, it's like saying that, okay, we can't get this done. We've been arguing for about two months, which granted, you've only had three meetings. Not two months. I mean, it's taken them two months to even get that first meeting, which is stupid. The thing, uh, MLB said, oh, we wanted to bring a mediator in because of how soon the league's going to start. Pitchers and catchers report are supposed to report in 10 days. If they wanted to get something done, they should have gotten it done on December 2nd, the day after the lockout started. Hell, do it between December or the first week of January. Get it between done between there, but people were too worried about going to Cabo, stay hitting the beaches um, in Mexico because it's warmer down there, doing whatever to stay warm and not worrying about putting all their, their stuff to the side, letting someone else handle it. But when the S hits the fan, it's when they panic. And that's exactly what MLB has done. They have panicked. I... I I, I honestly don't know anymore at times. The MLB is is dying. And I hate saying that because I love Major League Baseball. I want to see what the St. Louis Cardinals do. I want to see what the Kansas City Royals do. Hell, this guy named Bobby Witt Jr. in AAA now? Double A? He's in AAA. And he's just he was tearing the cover off the ball last year. I want to see what he can do in the majors. Hell, he could be he should be on opening day roster. We should be able to see a full 162 games with him. But you know what? I'm sorry. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. It doesn't. And the thing with me is I, I believe J.J. Piccolo would bring him up to have him start on opening day. He's not going to be – I don't think J.J. Piccolo is the guy that's like, all right, we're going to hold him down for that 20-game thing so we can at least have another year of service time for him. Did you, did you just hear what I just said? They're holding a player down for 20 games in AAA – that is already MLB ready just so they can get another year of service time under their belt to keep him and have more control with him for an extra year. Now, mind you, Mike Trout did this. They did this to Mike Trout. Probably arguably the greatest baseball player that we've seen in this era for some time. Mike Trout made half a million dollars for five years. I believe. Granted, he ended up getting his contract. He ended up staying in. They did him right. 
They he ended up staying in um, the Anaheim, an, the Angels. But the thing is, that five years, that five year, listen to this, from 2011 to 2000, let's go 2015. He was an All Star, Rookie of the Year. He finished second MVP three times and won the MVP once on a half a million dollar contract. And they let him stay 20 extra games. He got called up. He got played 40 games. He played 40 games 2011, got called up then, and then he was able to still keep that service time under um, uh, 20 games. He only played 139 in 2012. They did this to the best baseball player in the world. I don't see the Royals doing this. I don't. They need to get this thing done. It's so stupid. It's like, why, why, why are we discussing this? Oh, sorry, there's a Kramer right here on a Saturday, the February 5th, when I should be saying that I am looking forward to seeing who shows up, pitchers and catchers, how well they look for the Kansas City Royals, for the St. Louis Cardinals, for the Seattle Mariners, for the Oakland Athletics, for the New York Yankees, for the Boston Red Sox. I want to see how these players look. I don't want to see what their videos are posted up on Twitter of them throwing uh, throwing that way. Heck, we saw that two years ago during the six-game sprint when Adam Wainwright was locked in his hotel room throwing bullpen sessions, throwing a baseball into a mattress because he had to get a bullpen session in because the Cardinals were in quarantine. Granted, that was interesting to see him do that, but I don't want to see that with other players. I don't. The thing I teased uh, before... Getting to the baseball topic, the position group or player that is holding the Royals back. And I put it, I mean, granted, the best thing about Twitter right now is that you can keep putting polls up there, which I absolutely love polls. But I, I tweeted this out and uh, I put pitching, hitting, or a player. 63% said pitching, 31% said hitting, and 5.3% said a player. And granted, get it, I get it. Pitching is the biggest aspect of Major League Baseball, but I think it's a player holding the Kansas City Royals back. And this player is really good for the Kansas City Royals. It's just there's so many things that could help this team out better if he was not on the team. Or heck, even these two players. One of them is Carlos Santana, which he had a great start to his the first half of the Royals career for Carlos Santana. Amazing. Kept on getting walks, kept getting hits, kept driving in runs. Second half happened. He fell off. The other guy is Whit Merrifield. I love Whit Merrifield so much. Like, he... He is one of my favorite baseball players to watch because of the grit that he has on the field and base pass because he's never satisfied whatsoever. He'll steal you a base. He'll steal you two bases. He'll hit, have three hits. He'll have four hits. He'll drive in three runs. He'll hit two home runs. Whit Merrifield is a gamer. He'll play right field, shortstop, second base, third base, first base, left field, center field. He'll play anywhere you want him to play, and he'll get the job done. The thing is, he wants to play second base. He does. Like that's that's his true and natural position at second base. But for this opening day roster, this opening day lineup, he he's not going to be playing second base. He's going to be either playing in center field or right field. And I think in order for the Royals to make that next step, you're going to have to trade away somebody. And I think Whit Merrifield is the guy to trade in order to get assets such as bullpen into pitching. Because, granted, you could probably get a, a very good reliever in the bullpen with Whit Merrifield. He's had a team-friendly contract. He's, what, he's 30 years old. You can get a four or five guy in the pitching rotation. You can get a lot out of Whit. You, you can. And you better capitalize on when you can get the most value out of him as soon as possible. 
Grant, he's a, he's a royal. He's 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 everything you want for or as a royal. But if you got like a guy like Nicky Lopez who could be batting three hundred again, how how well we know what Adamerto Montes is going to go, or even if what we're going to see from Bobby Witt Jr. You have got to take a risk and move on from Whit Merrifield. Because if I want Whit at second base, if it's me, I'm putting Whit at second base. But if I can get a, a very good bullpen guy, a, a fifth guy in the rotation, I'm taking that deal nine times out of ten. Because so you could put Nikki at second, put Bobby at short, and put Alberto Montesi at third. And heck, if you trade away with Whit Merrifield, that's going to save you up some money depending on what the contract you're bringing in. And you can get a, a center fielder, a better center fielder, that he wants to play center field. He doesn't want to play third base. He doesn't want to play left field. He wants to play center field. You can get a guy like Chris Bryant. He might be a little pricey, but why shouldn't the Royals go after a guy like a guy like Chris Bryant? Power bat, could be in the middle part of your order. Center field, he wants to play center field in a, in a deep ballpark like Kauffman Stadium. I would love to see Chris Bryant roam around there. And hell, you're going to have to do that. You're going to trade, trade away Carlos Santana, which honestly, I wouldn't be mad about. Sidewater Perez is getting old. Great, he's still exceptional behind the plate, but I want to see him more of a, as a DH role. Put Santana, get rid of him, put Perez at DH, and then have MJ Melendez get called up and have him catch. If MJ Melendez gets starts off the season white hot, Hits two, t- 10 home runs within the first month. You better get him on the Major League roster ASAP. You also got to think about this. First base side. I mean, Santana plays first base too. Sauter Perez could play first base. Bring up Nick Prado. Just make this team young. Just bring up the young guys right now. I want to see what they can do. And it's, it's crazy to think two players are blocking all what could happen. Two players. Santana and Witt. You can figure those two guys out. This team will be 100% better. I know it's weird saying that because of what Witt and Carlos Santana have done in their careers, respectable careers. Love them both. Love them half to death. But they're blocking. They're, that's exactly what happens in Major League Baseball. You just got to see when players decline and also when players finally have to move on. You have to move on from them. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to rip that Band-Aid off. Let's look at this. Think of the Royals' last person that they, it was hard for them to move on from. That was Alex Gordon. He had, they pretty much had to wait for him to retire. So I, I, you, it's just I, I don't know what to say. I just want baseball to come back. I, I'm rubbing my forehead right now because of how frustrated I am, how annoyed I am with this entire situation. Because even if once the once the collective bargaining agreement is done, it's signed, it's sealed, it's printed, it's notarized it is going to be the quickest week of free agent frenzy that we're ever going to see with all the remaining free agents major league baseball the very next day that that's notarized and signed pitchers and catchers will have to get to spring training we'll have a a shortened spring training we're gonna have a short major league baseball season which i mean granted you can push it back you play this play games in november have more extra doubleheaders even though people don't want that it's not hard to sign this thing heck I bet players and owners would be happy that the players want to have a universal DH in both sides with the, the NL and the AL. Or even if you want to do the expanded playoffs, which I do not want whatsoever. If you want to do the expanded playoffs, you got to make less games. So this might be the opening door of never having 162 games in a, in a season, having, say, 100 and then having expanded playoffs. That's, that's the best capital way to do that. 
Because if you if you expand the playoffs and still have one uh, full 162 games, you're pretty much making that entire 162 a joke. I'm like, oh, anybody can make this because everybody is hot and cold in different parts of times. Say that that the 100 win Dodgers team is going up against that 70 win, 79 win, 81 win Atlanta Braves team. Atlanta Braves is going to win, beat them because they got the high, hot the right time. That's not fair. It's not. It is not hard to sit down and talk. You have to cooperate if you're the MLB in order for that to happen. But right now, it doesn't look like they're, they're cooperating with that. Oh, and one more point I just thought about this. What is killing baseball the most is sabermetrics. It is. It, it got Jason Worth out of the, um, his career from it being long to like it ended really quickly from the Nationals because he struck out too much. He didn't really have a very good launch angle. It's 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 gotten to that point now where that's another reason why service time is huge is because of how analytics are, sabermetrics are, all of that. It's it's just nuts. It's 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 a headache. It's a headache. Um, this is the time that I would say that we're going to uh, make some money, which is we're going to try that tomorrow for for one football game because this is there's nothing, absolutely nothing going on that interests me in the sports betting world except if you want to bet on. Basketball, college basketball. I, 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 let's talk about the Pro Bowl. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. We're about 10 minutes or so left in the show. And as always, I, I've it's the bet. We got to make some bets. I've been hot of late, which it's it's annoying that I haven't been able to tell you guys this and stuff. But like ha- have have you help you guys with this? But the only thing I can think of right now, betting gambling wise, is uh, I mean I do FanDuel lineups, of course. This is a weird week because I've I've all I'm not watching the Pro Bowl whatsoever like at all tomorrow. But I'm gonna, you know, drop some money on it. But like, like I'm putting a dollar bet on this. The, the potential payouts for this, if I can, it's 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 loading forever. I'm not gonna worry about it. But it's all about who do you think who's actually going to outshine, outperform, outdo themselves in the Pro Bowl? And you got to think there's only five, six spots, five spots to pick and choose from here. And you have to go with this one guy, Mister Unlimited. You need to make sure you start Russell Wilson if you're going to make a lineup this week because he's going to do the most. And we already saw that in the skills competition. He was trying to do the most, and he's just going to carry that over. Like, that's that, that's what Mr. Unlimited is going to try to do. Like, that's it, – it's – yeah, no, you need to start him. Start Debo Samuel. Stop Najee Harris, which I think Najee Harris is going to try to run all over the place. Granted, this, this Pro Bowl is a joke. It's going to be – the final score is probably going to be like 102 to – Maybe 98. It's going to be a high-scoring game. So just, Najee Harris might have a five touchdowns or something like that. Heck, Justin Herbert start him and Justin Jefferson. You need to go with the rookies or first-timers or Russell Wilson and the Pro Bowl if you want to try to make any money, whether if it's a lineup. Because it's it's a crapshoot. You can, you can start two quarterbacks in this. I would not start Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes may not even play at all. If he does, he's going to throw a few snaps. He's going to be on one drive with Tra- Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey in his call it that way. That that yeah that that's that's pretty much it that that's that 
that ends my TED Talk with FanDuel this week because I'm ready to bet on baseball and hopefully get hot on baseball. Like, my Saturday lineups, they're so, so good last year. And I, yes, it was so good. I wish I would actually put actual money, like, legit money. When I say legit money, I mean, like, two bucks, three dollars, four dollars, instead of my five cents and 25 cents things. But I digress. Um, ESPN listed out their top MLB players, top 100, and it just baffles me. Hell, they, they ranked Derek Jeter over Albert, Albert Pujols. Like, like why? Just because Derek Jeter's in the Hall of Fame and Albert Pujols is still playing? Like, come on. No, no don't rank Derek Jeter over Albert Pujols. But this is their 1 through th- one through 10. We'll start with 10. Stan Musial. Good option. Good option. Number 9, Walter Johnson. 8, Barry Bonds. 7, Mickey Mantle. 6, Lou Gehrig. 5, Ted Williams. 4, Ty Cobb. 3, Hank Aaron. 2, William Mays. And 1, Babe Ruth. I love one, two, and three. Absolutely love it. And do I mind I have to add this to you? This is by the ESPN writers, baseball writers that way. Aren't writers the uh, baseball writers are supposed to help out getting players to the Hall of Fame? Why on earth, if this is a top one hundred, is Barry Bonds number eight on ESPN's list, but not in the damn Hall of Fame? Just he has the numbers. He has the only thing he doesn't have is the credibility of what he did off the field. Like, come on! Like, this is Barry Bonds. His seven years in Pittsburgh, he batted a two seventy five, hit one hundred and seventy six home runs, drove in five hundred and fifty six RBIs, two MVPs, three Gold Gloves, and three Silver Sluggers. Seven year career. Let's go fifteen years San Francisco. Bet a 312, hit 586 home runs, drove in 1,440 RBIs, walked 1,947 times, five MVPs, 11 All-Stars, five Gold Gloves, and nine Silver Sluggers, which that makes his total of Silver Sluggers to a 12, Gold Gloves to eight, MVPs to to seven, All-Star appearances to 11, hitting 762 home runs. Yet he's not in the Hall of Fame. All because of the needle or the, the medication he took to get him bulked up. Stupid. And heck, even with this list anyways, I think you should take out the... You should take out... Or make have two lists. Top 100 of the dead ball era, top 100 of the live ball era. That's exactly what you should do. It is ridiculous. Stupid. All right, let's get to your questions here. We answered that one from Jairus earlier on. Um, my buddy Rocco, favorite curling or bobsled at the Olympics? If I had to choose between those two, oh, that's a hard. That's a hard. That's a hard decision. I know my cat Moon would love to watch curling, but I'm ready for bobsled. Bobsled, the luge, the skeleton, all on that same track. I I cannot wait for that. Um, I, they usually had the bobsled though that events towards the back half within like the final week of the. The Olympics, which I'm going to be, I'm be glued to my TV once I get off the off this show. Once I, I get home, but I have to go bobsled. But I love the bobsled, especially I think Jamaica has a, a team again in the. I think it's a two man sled this year, which I'm, I'm thoroughly excited because of that. Because I mean, if you haven't seen the Jamaican uh, cool runnings by the the thing about the Jamaican bobsled team in the Olympics, uh, you sh- you should watch that. Gold Jim Candy's in there, but yeah, no bobsled. 
Uh, Damien asked me, what Winter Olympic sport do you find the most exciting to watch? Oh, the most exciting speed skating. Like back in the day with Apollo Antonono, that was a that was fun. He was quick. Speed skating so smooth. It's 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 a it's a fine. You could call it. I, I want to say it's. When I say this word, I don't actually think the entire sport or the players itself. It is. I think it's like gingerly and delicate because of how glide they how smooth they glide around the the short track. Short track and speed skating is amazing. It's relaxing. I enjoy it, and that's that's just how it is. Zach says, uh, when does, he, he puts in parentheses, Tim Brody, especially Tom Brady, come back. T- Tim Brody is the the the, the renamed of Tom Brady. Uh, he's not coming back. I think Tom's hanging it up. He, he's done. He's, he's even confirmed it. He won't come back unless he gets a USFL job. I mean, there's no way he's getting a USFL job. He, he won't want to do that. Or he might he might want to get a team, I guess. I Tom Brady is going to enjoy his life outside of football. He's going to be still in media. I wouldn't be shocked if he they do a, a like a those Manning cast, but Brady cast, or he even just co-hosts with them with the the Mannings. It'd be funny to see Tom and Eli jab back and forth because Eli beat Tom twice in the Super Bowl. It, that that would just be a fun little gag to have there, but. Yeah, Brady's not coming back. He's done it. He had a great career, amazing career, a career that had expanded my entire time of watching National Football League. It's just wild to think what he's done, and he's like, what, 54 years old? He's not even 54 years old, Kramer. No, he's 43 years old or 44 years old. He seems like he's 50. I, w- I wanted to see him play football into his 50s and get to that 10th Super Bowl. I would love to see that from Tom. That'd been great. Mike says Bengals money line question mark. Ah, I'm not taking the Bengals at all for the Super Bowl. I'm taking I'm, Aaron Donald and the Rams are going to just Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. Them three guys on defense is all three you need in order to have a, a successful defense on a team. Aaron Donald's going to wreck through that offensive line. Heck, if, if you think that was bad with the Titans sacked, um, Burrow nine times in one game and the Bengals still won. That ain't happening again. It's not. No, th- do not take the Bengals money line. I think that the best thing that you could probably take on Bengals wise that you could is uh, touchdown passes thrown over two. Take that on Joe Burrow. He's at least going to have two touchdown passes. That's going to be it. One probably going to be Joe Mixon. One's going to be to T Higgins. I think Jamar Chase gets shut down in this game. He's the exact same. I think Jalen Ramsey's bigger than. I think he's bigger than Jamar Chase. I'm pretty sure he is. Pretty sure. Um, another question. I actually pulled this one off of Barstool. 365 days of solitary confinement for $30 billion. Can you do it? Solitary confinement for one year for 300 No, $30 billion. Here's I I I I I have questions to this. Can I get like some amenities on there? Like, can I get my TV, my PlayStation Four? Can my cat join me? I would love to be. I'd love to spend 365 days with Moon in a room to be with each other. I mean, that'd just be great. We'd, we'd both drive each other nuts. Because I mean, like, you wouldn't know what time it would be, sort of. So the only time that you would know, like, what time the the time was on the clock and stuff, is when it would be like time to eat. You can judge it off that way. But if I can have whatever I, what I want, then if I could do my own show in there, I would do that. 
But if I can't have anything in this place, I'll just go insane and I wouldn't be able to enjoy the $30 billion. I, I just wouldn't. Because like, once I'd be, my head would be so fried when I get out of there that I just would be just, uh, would you be a vegetable at that point? I don't know. Would you guys do that for three, 365 days of the year? Would you, for one year, would you do that for $30 billion go in solitary confinement? I, I, I know I wouldn't. I, if it's for nothing, like if I can't do anything, no. No. No, I'm good. I'll put a bow on this show for the day. Cyrus of Kramer, we will be back next week live and local as well at 9 o'clock. Send me your questions throughout the week that I can answer on the show for you. I'm just going to go home tonight or after the show. I'm, I'm definitely getting a nap in because there's nothing going on over in Beijing, probably besides curling, which that, that never sleeps. Hey, I'm going to go home, watch the Olympics. Thank you all should do that too. We'll discuss Olympics more in depth next week. Heck, we'll figure out if MLB lockout is over or not, which, I mean, spoiler alert, it's probably still going to be happening. So yeah, everybody, love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Bump it, Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660.